Clearing the Haze, episode number 68. Marijuana isn't as bad as alcohol. Really? Keeping today's workplace drug-free should not be confusing. This is the Clearing the Haze podcast, giving you the tools you need to most effectively address drug and alcohol use and decreased productivity in the workplace while investing in your positive company image. Now, here's your host, Chuck Marting. I am convinced more than ever that good communication and leadership are all about connecting. If you can connect with others at every level, your relationships are stronger, your sense of community improves, your ability to create teamwork increases, your influence increases, and your productivity skyrockets. John C. Maxwell. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. I'm your host, Chuck Marting. Now, I'm sure that most of you, especially in the drug and alcohol testing industry, have come across those donors who will continually tell you that marijuana isn't as bad as alcohol. Now, I know that I was hearing a lot of this at the beginning, especially when the legalization of marijuana in the state of Colorado began. People would say this to justify their use when their employers weren't accepting either medical marijuana or recreational use of marijuana in the workplace. We would hear this quite a bit and still do when people are caught with synthetic urine. So over the last year and a half or two years, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic and people now returning to work, we have experienced employers who are having a hard time with returning employees who are at home working, returning to the workplace, and who are now testing positive overwhelmingly for marijuana. The most common response we hear from an employer is they must work with their employees now because there's no one for them to hire. As a result, we're seeing more and more companies that are implementing a second chance policy within the workplace. And now, of course, with DOT, this isn't an option, but we're catching more DOT drivers now more than ever who are giving us synthetic urine, but also they're coming back testing positive for marijuana, whether there's That's through their regular marijuana use with a medical marijuana card or marijuana or from their use of CBD or the consumption of edibles. We've even recently had a couple of drivers wanting to present their medical marijuana card to us prior to being randomly tested. With more and more legalization efforts occurring every day throughout the country and with our own government looking at possibly legalizing federally marijuana, I've experienced and seen employers that are almost at the end of their rope. Some have even given up telling me, why am I fighting this? There's nothing I can do. I'm just going to have to adapt to it and change the way that we do business and the way that we do things in order to be able to retain employees and to allow them to work. I recently had an employer meet with me regarding this same issue. This employer has non-DOT employees, and he explained to me, that they are wanting to implement a second chance policy for marijuana with these employees specifically stating that they all smoke marijuana and he knows it, but they do it and I just don't want them coming to work high was his response. He said there's no way of proving that they're high right now other than doing a drug test and it makes it really challenging for me as an employer to retain employees, especially for these positions because they're manual labor positions. 
that not too many people want to do. And because of that, we're not able to pay them as well as we do for other positions within our company. Unfortunately, we're going to hear more and more employers not knowing where to turn to adjust and implement different standards than they have in the past when dealing with marijuana in the workplace. So what is it that we can do in the drug and alcohol testing industry to help employers to understand that testing for marijuana is still detrimental and it should be tested by their company? I personally have five clients who do not do pre-employment drug testing for their employees for marijuana. However, they do test for marijuana for reasonable suspicion and for post-accidents. But even by doing this, it has become really confusing for their employees who find themselves involved in a post-accident or coming to us with a supervisor for reasonable suspicion needing to be tested. And what we have heard from these employees is them saying, why does my smoking marijuana matter now when it didn't when they hired me? So if you think about it, this is a very valid question and one that a lot of employers cannot adequately explain to their employee or even justify in their own minds as an employer. I was thinking about this issue quite a bit and trying to find something that would help in addressing this. And just recently, on February 1st, 2022, a U.S. News and World Report published an article called People High on Pot Used a Driver Simulator and Here's What Happened. I'm going to share with you the results that they had during this study, and I also will put a link in the show notes for this article and for one of the other reports that they mentioned in this document as a study. I think this is very relevant for those employers or clients that we come across who tell us that they just want to know if the person is impaired and that they don't care what they do on their off time or what they do prior to coming to work as long as they don't come in under the influence of marijuana. I think this report and the study that accompanied it could change the mind of some of those clients or employees. In the article that was written by Health Day reporter Dennis Thompson, he starts off by saying that the University of California San Diego researchers had handed out joints of varying potencies to 191 regular cannabis users, and they asked those cannabis users in this study to smoke as they would at home to get high. That way the results would reflect people's real-life pot use. And then they asked the participants to perform a computerized driving simulator at regular intervals, and they were testing how safely they could drive as their high from the marijuana would eventually start winding down as well over time. The driving performance of those participating in the study started to improve at around three and a half hours after smoking, although they found it took a full four and a half hours for them to drive as well as the people in a placebo group they found. And they found it very interesting that those smoking marijuana in the study stated that they were thinking that they could safely drive starting around 90 minutes after getting high which was a full two hours before they actually started to sober up from what the researchers had discovered in this study. 
The lead researcher of this study, Thomas Mercati, stated that right after smoking, about half the people said they would not drive. They were feeling too impaired. But once they got to that 90-minute mark, people were starting to feel it was wearing off and they were doing better. And so they were increasingly more likely to go on the road. In reality, in the driving simulator, their performance had not changed. Even people who were well-intentioned and conscientious were found to not understand how high they really were, and they chose to get behind the wheel of a vehicle. So this study proved that just like alcohol, the only thing that's going to sober you up is time. This study proved that with marijuana as well, it's very concerning that they couldn't judge that they were impaired at the time. The Associate Vice President of Consumer Clinical Content Development at the Partnership to and addiction stated people on pot can find it difficult to react quickly, even to make split-second decisions such as when to brake, accelerate, swerve, or to avoid a collision. They may even have problems with divided attention, meaning it's more challenging to handle road conditions than like whether to speed up or other drivers nearby all at once. And they also found more likely that they will weave into another lane, which would catch another driver off guard and lead to an accident. In this study, the participants were randomly assigned to smoke marijuana that contained different levels of THC, ranging from 13.4% THC down to 5.9% THC, or they were given a placebo dose of a 0.02. The individual smoking the weaker marijuana achieved similar levels of blood THC and driving impairment as the people participating in the high-potency marijuana. Both groups seemed to smoke whatever it took to reach the same high when they followed their real-world habit. The results of the study were also published recently in the journal JAMA Psychiatry, and I'll also put that link in the show notes. But there's also some bad news for attempts to create a THC blood test that police could use to prove a person is driving stones similar to the alcohol blood test. Now, we consistently hear clients or other people that call us to inquire about drug tests wanting to know if a drug test will equate to impairment. And sometimes we get individuals, because of a high testing level being reported out, wanting to know if that level is not an indicator of impairment or what it means. What we need to understand is that only re- this only reports how much marijuana is being detected in that individual's body. And in research, the researchers also found that the relationship between blood THC concentrations and performance were non-existent in the study. They said that people drove impaired even with low blood THC levels and likely because the body processes marijuana differently from the way alcohol does, this could be a contributing factor. Now, THC distributes very differently than alcohol. Within the first hour, about 90% of it is out of your blood and it's not and it's onto your brain and other body organs where alcohol hangs around just a little bit longer. In Alabama and in Michigan, law enforcement officers are using oral swabs to test to determine if people have been using drugs or not. 
But what they have found is that these tests aren't foolproof in determining whether someone is driving while intoxicated. Now we know that oral fluid tests are useful and that they can detect recent use of various drugs for screening purposes, but they're not able to determine impairment. This tends to be what employers and users are pushing for, which is a universal standard that would equate to impairment. And having talked to marijuana experts, doctors, as well as MROs, lab technicians, the ability to come up with the standard to be set is going to be a very difficult and long road that is going to take a lot of time. And it will need to go through rigorous studies to show and to validate a level that will equate to impairment for all users. It is encouraging to me that there are groups that are doing studies on this that show what we have already known for some time, and that is that marijuana use can be as dangerous as alcohol use when it comes to driving, completing tasks in the workplace, or in performing duties that employers have asked with the possibility of a post-accident, or even dangerous situations that other employees, customers would encounter within the workplace with someone that's possibly impaired. As always, I will have a link to both the articles that were mentioned in today's podcast, and I'm hopeful after reading and looking at this article and the study that more studies will be conducted that will continue to put out similar results that add to the credibility, legitimacy, and continued need for drug and alcohol testing in the workplace, specifically when it comes to marijuana. Now, I hope that today's podcast has given you some useful information that you can pass on, not only for your clients, but for those that contact you wanting more information or that are inquiring for your services. I'd also like to take a minute here at the end of the podcast to remind you of the upcoming Indesa conference with keynote speaker General Barry McCaffrey. The conference takes place May 4th through the 6th in Indianapolis, Indiana, and you can go to indesa.com for a full lineup of the schedule, training, hotel information, or any other information you may be looking for to attend this conference. I have two pre-conference training classes that I'll be presenting, and the first one would be Drug Recognition for the Workplace, where we'll be helping you to better understand the signs and symptoms of drug impairment and to recognize those individuals that may be under the influence in the workplace. And then I'll also be teaching a second class on how to catch the drug test cheaters. In this class, the primary goal is to help you in identifying synthetic or adulterated specimens. and then how to respond to the donor, and how to proceed with the collection, and how to talk to someone who gives you these type of specimens. It seems to be one of the biggest questions that we get is how to confront or talk to someone once they give this to you. So we're going to give you some pretty good pointers and do some scenarios to kind of show you and help you to understand what it is that we do and why we've been so successful at doing this. The third class that I'll be presenting will be on Thursday, May 5th, from 2.15 to 3.15 in the afternoon, and we'll be talking about combating the loneliness of leadership. 
In this, I'm going to be giving you six ways a leader can combat loneliness, and it's going to be a great conference, and I'm really looking forward to attending and visiting and meeting with many of you. If you can do us a favor and share this podcast with those within our industry or those that you provide services for that you feel would benefit from this information, we would greatly appreciate it. The podcast is continuing to grow, and that's because of listeners like you that have shared this information with others. So we want to thank you for doing that for us here at Clearing the Haze and for your recommendations and suggestions on topics that we present. So until next time, or until next week, when we bring you another episode of Clearing the Haze, remember, it's your vision, it's your dream, and it's your business. Take care.